family welcome to the show it's a saturday uh, july 27 2019 very soon we'll be saying 2020 and uh, it's uh, it's a whole bunch of things and uh, a lot of time going on and time is flying are we looking forward to a great day today we have a great show for you i am your host Nathan uh, Nkama from the great city of Dallas, Texas, where the temperatures are cool in July, in the middle of summer. How about that, Roger? In the middle of July, we are cool. <laughs> yeah, are and, cool. and the people in the East Coast, uh, they, are comp- they are complaining in the East Coast. Yeah, it's, it's that area where everything is, uh, what do you call it? Everything gets, uh, uh, they have the, what do you call it, extreme weathers of everything, cold, heat, 
and uh, that's what happened. Well, everybody, welcome to Zambia Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Matthew. That was the sunshine set. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you know, in, in Florida, we, we enjoy both sun and rain throughout mm. the summer. So as soon as it re- is sunshine, it will rain one hour or more, then it will go back. So I don't know. Those are the two weather reports we have the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice and cool here as well. Okay. All right. There's somebody calling on, uh, I don't know whether you're using Skype or Google Line or whatever it is. Good morning. I'm trying to make another connection there, Nathan. I hope I'm oh, not okay. having to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can mm-hmm. say hello to uh, <laughs> Brother Kratos is on that line. Oh, Kratos. Casey. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, I good morning. I, good morning, my friend. How's New York? Good. New York is good. Why are you sounding very humble? Because I'm on the phone. Why are you humble? Yeah. I'm on a borrowed I'm on a borrowed line. Okay, okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. No. <laughs> I everybody listening. The owner can disconnect. So could you quit it in the car? That's what is going to be here. Oh, Nathan, are you having goodness. two feedbacks on my line when I speak? Because I'm using no. a different system. No. No, we oh, are not. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Wonderful. Uh, now, before I, uh, before I, what do you call it? Before I, before I, I, I welcome Dr. Patrick here. This exchange rate in Zambia, Roger. Okay, I think we are now. I can hear the feedback. Let's, uh, let's mute this line. Uh, I don't know about this. I I sent somebody ten dollars and it's hundred and thirty thousand kwacha. Yes. No. Is that yeah, it's thirteen. One one dollar is thousand kwacha. Yeah. And uh, I've seen it has started going uh the direction anyone who is in diaspora would like. We, we, we will have it that way, although it messes up our our country. But for us, who are, mm. some of us who are anti-Lungu, uh, that, that can probably help out quicker. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, let's talk to... <laughs> let's leave it there. Let's talk to Dr. Patrick. Good morning. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. The water cooler starts early. <laughs> yeah, I know. Only, only Shani. We know we know Dr. Patrick is Dr. Patrick. Oh, my goodness. Oh, mm. my Lord. He's <laughs> mm. <laughs> flowing. Have you seen, have you heard, uh, Ms. Lucas, how he's flowing? 
I know. They don't call me Dr. Patrick for nothing. Mwikalini. Yeah, my cousin. Okay. All right. Uh, there is something I want to connect uh, an something that Rachel Mado likes to do. I enjoy the way she connects the dots with historical events and then she brings it up to date. First, let's say good morning to some gallant citizens here. Bella, hi. Good morning, my reverend. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? How's Atlanta? No, Atlanta is great today. It's nice mm-hmm. warm. Nothing out of the ordinary. Excellent. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Avena Chishinga, Anko Chisebo Murishan. I'm doing good and good morning everyone in uh, Zambia Block Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Luapula. I've got an MP from Luapula today who's my guest. Yes, uh, my mom is from uh, Kazembe, my dad from Mansa, but myself, I'm from the Copper Belt. Um, Okay, we shall leave it at that. It is a very, very true statement by Amabang, in my view. It is. People, we are going What you are saying is, before I, I let Dr. Patrick explain the origins and where the family union gathering concept in the African-American community started from, then we shall connect it with uh, uh, Zambia Block Talk Radio Global Family Meeting in September. I met uh, a wonderful family, Zambian family, over the past weekend, meeting them for the first time. And when they were looking at me, they thought I was... Uh, I was not Zambian, or they were associated me to being Kenyan or African American. So in the talking, they were like, "Oh wow!" So she asked me and said, "So she says I don't mean to be offensive or whatever. I'm just interested in finding out what kind of tribe in Zambia produces breeds like you." <laughs> That's what she said to me. So this is what I said to her, Dr. Patrick. I said, "I'm a son of a Bemba woman from Mporokoso." I'm the Tomboka man, born and bred on the copper belt, and I'm not going to let somebody looking for votes or seeking political office to divide me on tribal lines. That's a statement I made to her. So she was like, wow, I've never heard that before. I told her, I said, yeah, that's what the politicians try to do. They are the ones who want to put this tribal thing on us. When we're growing up as kids or just relating and getting along in life, we never think about those things. Tribal, and I've said it many times on this show. When my kids mention the name of their friend and they say Rodriguez or Lopez or whatever, then I comment, Bella, when I respond and say, 
That sounds Latino. You know what my girl said to me, Daddy? Do you have to go that route? You see the way our, you see the way you see the way this generation thinks. That is offensive to them. So I'm like, no, I'm just pointing out <laughs> based on the name of the person. Then she said, then one day my daughter said to me and said, like you know, like you have said, Roger. Then she said to me and said, okay, what if the dad is Latino and the mother is Nigerian? Obviously, she's going to, the person is going to carry the father's uh, last name. You see the argument, uh, uh, Matilda? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, so she called me and said, you can't say she's Latino. You don't know between the two parents who is who. So you just concluded by hearing Lopez or Rodriguez and you say, that uh, like, uh, she's whatever. Okay, let's end there before uh, we start cleaning up a lot of things. <laughs> Dr. Patrick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, Matilda, you know, I don't like this tribal tag thing. I hate it with a passion. I hate it the way I hate the by-elections in Zambia, wasteful of resources of the country. Uh, Dr. Patrick, what is the origin of the event or activity in the African-American community. Where did that start from? I would say, I would say it, it, it began in the, let's see, it began in the early eight, no, the latter part of 1865. Oh, wow, and that's began, that long ago? Yeah, because um, that was at the conclusion of the Civil War. Uh Many of the brothers and sisters went looking for their family members that were scattered throughout the winds during the war and before the war uh, when they fell under captivity. So many of the brothers and sisters um, began to look for them, and every time Uh they located a, a brother, father, mother, sister, it was a mini reunion, and it continued that way. It began to pick up steam uh, in the in the eighteen seventies and eighteen eighties and eighteen nineties when uh-huh. the history the history of the brothers and sisters were being taught or being understood slowly but surely about where they came from. It was, it was a movement of um, black consciousness in which uh, blacks in the Americas, as well as in the Caribbean, did not originate uh-huh. from slavery, did not come out of slavery. Uh, many of the brothers and sisters were brought over from the continent. So in uh-huh. addition to finding your, your loved ones, your, your relatives, they began to find out where did we really come from? Where, where yes. did, did we begin in slavery? No, we began from the motherland. Not so right. you, you fast forward and you move into the 60s uh-huh. and the, the uh, middle of the 60s and the late 70s, then you had black power. And then it really really expanded when you had individuals like uh, Marcus Garvey and W.E. Du Bois and, um, and Carter G. Woodson 
and a lot of and a lot of the historians came out and they began to delineate and explain in depth our ancestors from the continent. So the reunion gained even more meaning when the history is being taught. It was it was okay. um, diametrically opposed from the history that were being taught in in major public schools and major schools. There were smatterings of African American history were taught in some of the schools, such as um, um, uh, George Washington Carver, Booker T. Uh, Washington. Uh, that that was taught, but not the in depth history of our ancestors. And once mm. we got into the seventies and mm-hmm. the eighties and beyond. Then a lot of African Americans became very proud of their ancestors and their roots, and they began to look look for their genetic um, uh, ancestry. They began to look through where where in the continent did did our ancestors derive. And once you began to do that, and the proudness became uh, replaced the the shame of um, captivity. Then we began to wear T-shirts and and talking about the greatness of our families and our ancestors. And some of us were fortunate to find that we came from kings and queens. Uh, but all of us were so happy that our ancestors came from the continent. And then we began to look at the history, whether the history is in Zambia, whether it's in Ghana, whether it's in Nigeria, whether... Anywhere and everywhere our brothers and sisters came from the continent of Africa. So from that lineage and that explanation, we began not knowing, and then we came out to the light and knew, and once we knew, there was no holding us, and we were very proud to bring in our families together and and showing them the family tree, the research that the families have gathered together, and and it was it's like wildfire. So every year, every mm. year you have major family reunions to talk about yes. their uh, their roots, and we're continuing to look deeper and deeper about our our roots. And many of my presentations, it, it explains, it merges the the black in the Bible with our uh, historical roots coming from the continent into the United States. So so I blended together one of the one of the best questions that I've I've heard asked and in response answered. And many of the the brothers and sisters said where we're in the Bible are blacks and the response was we're in the Bible are white. So when when you look at it, it's it's very deep, and that's that's our ancestors. That's that's where we are. That's that's let let me ask are. this question to let me ask this question to Pianki. Hi, Pianki. Hello there, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. I don't know whether you heard the question I asked Dr. Patrick, which has led him to explain what he has explained. Um, I, was, I asked him about uh, the origins and where the family reunion gathering started historically. What has been your experience? 
Well, you know, I heard Doctor make mention about about the uh, I don't know. I guess Juneteenth. You know, family reunions. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to really be specific with it because, see, mm-hmm. all blacks didn't experience the same thing here in the United States. We didn't experience the things that people down south did, uh, especially in some states with Jim Crow and the segregation that they experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversations along historical lines. My affiliation with uh, the history of that continent basically goes back to Egypt, which contradicts many of the things that uh, people that comes out of the Bible with. So <clears throat> how it all began, I couldn't tell you. I, I know people, and some people don't even have family reunions. Then you got some that do. Uh, get together and have just a get together. That's all. Uh, we they celebrated Christmas, celebrated okay. Thanksgiving. My grandson went to a school that didn't celebrate Thanksgiving, didn't celebrate Christmas. They went to oh, school really? in those days. Yes. Oh wow! And that was he graduated in 2014, 2015 from high school. So there's a lot of that's interesting. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. going. On. Yeah, that's good. Let me ask you, this is Noel. Hi, Noel. Then imagine what God is like. He's got Noel. flying around with twain. They... Okay. Oh, somebody like Noel listening to Farrakhan. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Noel, is that you? <laughs> Oh my God! You see, the reason I ask that question is that uh, uh, to to just understand this, because uh, I, I met somebody at some place and they were they just got off work, uh, they work night shift, and they were telling me that they were going to be driving to to Atlanta for a family reunion, and uh, it just crossed my mind. I said, I need to talk to Dr. Patrick about this and the PNT and find out where it started from. You know, that's good information. Thanks for sharing. Our guest is here, and uh, we shall uh, get into uh, our Nathan, uh, discussion. Nathan, yeah. mm-hmm. Nathan, be- before you go to our guest, um, Pianchi was very humble, and he just quickly mentioned um, Egypt. But Pianchi's name is named after one of the great pharaohs of Egypt. So every time mm-hmm. I hear Pianchi's name, I smile because that's that's deep. I mean, his his parents his parents were deep to name him Pianchi. So I just wanted to mention that. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Where's well, our guest? They dropped. I don't know what happened with that uh, line. Okay, I was saying that there is, I wanted us to, that is that is very rich and uh, wealthy information uh, sharing right there. And uh, it's important to understand these things and appreciate them in their historical perspective. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're looking forward to seeing everybody in Dallas. 
September 13th and 14th. It's uh, um, whilst uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, family reunions take place every year. This one is going to take place once this 10 years. Okay. Um, our guest is here. I hope the Honorable Given Katutamwewa, Member of Parliament for Chienge Constituency. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, and maybe it's morning that side. Good morning that side. <laughs> and I, I'm greeting you there. It's afternoon. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, thank it's you good. so much. Good afternoon to you. It's good to have you. Uh, for, for the sake of those listening women, you know, these constituencies have got beautiful names. You know, Chiengi. Um, where is Chiengi in Zambia? And tell us how wide it is in terms of population and the area covered, something like that. Thank you so much. And uh, good afternoon, listeners. Um, Chiengi district and Chiengi constituent is situated in the northern part of Zambia and um, it borders with the DRC. Whenever you hear of uh, refugees uh, coming mm-hmm. into our country, that's the port of the entry. And uh, Chiengi is quite a beautiful uh, place, actually. It's endowed with a lot of natural resources. We've got um, uh, Lake Mweru, uh, we've got um, Kundawika Falls there. We've got um, the natural salt, which <laughs> needs to maybe to be um, to be tapped into by anyone who would want to invest in, in manufacturing salt. And uh, it's involved mm. with a lot of um, minerals like copper, oh, wow. cobalt, gold, and these other gemstones here. And in terms of... Oh. Uh, Population is quite um, a large place. We are almost, we're going towards uh, almost a half a million because the chiefdom of uh, Chief Puta is about 180,000 people. Then in Mununga, we are about um, 140,000. Then uh, mm-hmm. there's Lamwe Chomba, which is at uh, 47,000 somewhere there. Those are the figures that. I have, but I'm pretty sure there could be uh, figures higher than that. You know, when we're doing census in such areas, some people yes. have gone to the, um, like, uh, the bush gardens or farms. When you get there, you don't find anyone because they migrate, actually, when it's time for um, farming. Wow. So normally when the census <laughs> are, are done, are done when people are around. These are large numbers, honorable Half a million people. What, what is the main occupation of these people in this area? Of course, apart from, I know there's Lake Mueru there. Uh, what, what's the main occupation? What's the main economic activity in your constituency? Actually, it, um, it used to be uh, fishing. And uh-huh. fortunately, the fish is depleted. Now, um, uh-huh. People have resorted to farming. Uh, they, 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 they grow cassava and uh, maize, but mainly it's uh, cassava. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, um, 
we don't seem to know exactly where to take this cassava. And most of them are doing it now on a, a small scale, which cannot really uh, sustain most of the family. We have also mm. farmers who are now going to uh, maize, uh, uh, growing maize. But, you know, um, the, the challenge is that where they normally have their farms and where FRA Food uh, Reserve Agency supposed to uh, like to collect the, the, these crops from quite a distance. So some they yes. get discouraged. Yeah. Um, like uh, the Islam which Kwama, which I'm pushing with the Minister of uh, Agriculture to open, the people there in that area, they've got about 8,000 bags, uh, 25, uh, 50 kgs of maize, but uh, the road is impossible because Chiangi is quite rural and uh, it's really... Um, um, lagging behind in terms of de- development is quite underdeveloped. So some of the um, um, things that can be taking place are not taking place because of the uh, because of the terrain actually. That 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 that, that is uh, one of the major reasons we're having this conversation. It's because. This is the story, and you know this, being a, a, a leader in, in the nation, in the community, in the constituency. That's the story basically with every rural area, rural district, rural constituency in Zambia. Um, people are growing cassava, and there's what, what should we what should we do with this cassava? They have nowhere to take it, and. So they grow it, what happens? And you've already pointed Actually, out that food and reserve agency cannot pick the maize, so that's not acceptable, I'm sure. Yeah, it's quite, I mean, uh, it's quite mm. a challenge, actually, for the people of Chiengi. Um, <clears throat> ever since I'd been a child, I, part of my life I grew up there. I thought mm-hmm. maybe after I'd left with my parents, you know, grew up in town, uh, maybe I'll find the place change after I was also in the, in the diaspora. But when I went uh-huh. back in 2012, I realized there was nothing happening. Then in 2016, when I came back to Zambia, I decided to to see how I could, I mean, I could I could be of help to the people of Chiengi. And uh-huh. unfortunately, uh, people voted for me, despite being voted on a very small uh, political party. But uh, they they voted for me. Um, the challenges that we're facing there um, <clears throat> are that people they've got vast um, land in Chiengi, which can be used for farming, commercial farming, but uh, they don't have much of support on how they can get the equipment, and also they lack technique to help them be on commercial to do uh, commercial. Uh, kind of farming. Most of them, when they grow this cassava, they mm-hmm. normally uh, take it into Congo, into the neighboring country, DRC, because there's much of demand of uh, cassava there in DRC. So that's where they take their cassava. And then okay. there's the company, yeah, there's a company, I think, in Kawamba. Uh, if not in Kawamba, it should be in Mansa, which is by which is doing these uh, grower schemes for cassava. But I can I've noticed that uh, it's, it's unable to uh, to absorb or to help these 
bees and farmers in Chiengi. And uh, mm. the, uh, the worst thing is that uh, Chiengi doesn't have a proper road network. Um, since 1964, since we got independence, we've never seen a tired road. It's so um, it's a road full of ditches. You know where you're supposed to drive for um, less than an hour. We are forced to uh-huh. drive uh, before I became a member of parliament. Would drive for about six hours. Imagine a stretch of 92 kilometers. You drive for <laughs> almost six, six uh, hours. Six hours. Yeah, because then it, the road was practically impassable. You you know. And see, when I spoke to the Minister of Infrastructure, they graded the road, and now the government is trying to uh, to put up um, a tired road. But I think uh, there's, there's some challenges with finances, so the work has stalled. But see, um, we're able now to drive at 40 kilometers per hour, unlike the way it used to be 10 or 20 kilometers per hour for you to reach uh, Chiengi. So it's difficult uh, for any um, company to go and uh, support most of the activities that are taking place. Uh, However, I must say, uh, three days ago, there's been a company that uh, has expressed interest to go and set up a plant to start manufacturing salt in the Chiengi Boma. We call it Boma Chiengi District. So uh, I hope they can maybe also come up with an idea of uh, constructing the road because, you know, that has been a huge hindrance to Chiengi. And uh, mm-hmm. Chiengi got a lot of uh, intelligent kids. Recently, I was say, trying to do some seminars. It's a place where children in their lifetime, they've never heard of uh, scholarships or loans, student loans. Imagine I'm sitting on a heap of uh, papers of uh, school leavers as far as 2010, others 2008. They don't know. They've never heard of such. So I've been trying to do some civic education, also some um, uh, career education. Uh, it's really a challenge to you know in terms of education because. Some of the children, when I went in in 2016, I was told they were selling their grade 12 results because for them, uh, education was nothing, you know, because wow. they would go to school at the end of the day. They have no support. They don't even know where to start from. But I must say uh, I've done a lot uh, with my husband. So far, we've brought about 105 uh, since I became a member of parliament about almost 105, put them in universities. No, but we are limited by resources. So when we went back the, the, two weeks ago... Okay, honorable. Before we go into the or into the education uh, discussion, because it, that, that's going to be a, 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 a huge component of this discussion, in your, in your response to my question, you mentioned something about going back home to Zambia. So you've lived in the diaspora. Where were you? I lived in South Africa for more than 20 years. Okay. Even my children <laughs> are still there. They are citizens there. I beg your pardon? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Your children are... What made you, what made you, what made you decide to go back? Actually, um, 
initially, I must, I must confess, I was somebody who vowed oh. never to come back to Zambia. And my father used to be a politician. He was, uh, uh, he was in the UNIP. And each time oh. he'd visit me in South Africa, and uh, he would ask me, when will I come back home? I said, I can visit. And I even told my parents, once you are dead, both of you, you I'll never step my feet in Zambia. You know, I think <laughs> I was just... Um, <laughs> I was just naive. Why? I didn't appreciate. I didn't appreciate. I didn't. I thought, you know, honestly speaking, I, I looked at my country like it was like um, a backward kind of a country. But little did I know that I was the one who was backward in my thoughts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I lost my young brother in 2012, I went uh-huh. to check. Uh, everyone was scared to go to the village. You know, you know how it is in our African setup. They thought they would get, uh, they would be bewitched or what. So I took courage to go and check on the properties because my young brother left a lot of things. He used to do business there. So wow. when I got there, I realized that the place was still the same place that I used to see when I was a child. And I inquired, actually. I asked I asked few people, you mean there's no representative here to speak for us? The chief told me, Chief Puta told me, said, this is waiting for you. Don't just ask questions because all of you, when you get educated or you go in the diaspora, you don't want to come back. My heart was sore to see that Chiangi does not even have tap water. But we have plenty of water from where where it doesn't have salt. It's clear water. All you need is just mm. to purify it a bit. Even um, uh, Kalungwish River, beautiful river. You know, if you boil that water, you don't see that that thing like calcium uh, residue yeah. in your pores. Then I start questioning, but what is happening here? I start counting a lot of my, I'll call them brothers and sisters who are educated, others are pilots, what and what. When I say brothers, I'm referring to people from uh, uh, Chiengi. And uh, one of them then was even a member of parliament. And I, what is going on here? So it was out of anger. You know, I was really uh, touched and out of anger, and I looked at the levels of poverty, the understanding mm-hmm. of our people there, and they were so much oppressed, actually. They never knew anything, I would say, because when I went in, I went in with a slogan of Natuilubule, uh, meaning let's liberate ourselves. And uh, that <laughs> has brought a lot of change because no one can mistreat those people. Most of the time they'll say, we'll phone our MP to speak on our behalf. It was just, they didn't know a lot of things that which were their rights and this and that. Mm. So I, I took it upon myself. I said, I need to see that these, I call them my brothers and sisters, they also be partakers of the country's wealth. Because if there's no one to speak for them, whether we like it or not, we are from there. We cannot, uh, on paper you can say I'm not from there, but the truth of the matter, you root, I'm telling you, you are from here. So uh, that's how I, I went in. But unfortunately, I could not be adopted by the ruling party then. Then um, I did a lot of groundwork there. And uh, FDD uh, came to give me the adoption certificate at my home around 0430 in the morning. They said, we know you can win this seat. And that's how I left. Uh, you know, it's, it's a funny story because then we didn't have enough. My husband had to sell his Jaguar in order to buy me a minibus and x-ray. I think that's what we had. 
But so we didn't, you know how it is when we're campaigning in Zambia, we need to have Chitenge, those rappers. Yeah, I know. We didn't have all that. So I went in just to convince them, I'll be there, I'll speak for you. And the first thing that I was emphasizing on was education. Because I'm a firm believer that you cannot separate education from development. It's impossible. No, you can't. Yeah. So no. that's what I went in with. Yeah. So out of that, I've seen a lot of change. And I've seen a lot of young men and young ladies or young girls work come to Osaka, other than Kitu, ever since I became a member of parliament. Yeah. You know, imagine okay. if we had the youth. Yeah, go ahead. Hello? Yes, go we ahead. We had the youth who could not even reach Mansa. But now even their parents are saying, you, you've done so well. Our children, even if they're working as security guards, but at least they're out of this place. Yeah. That's true. Uh, let me read something somebody has posted on Facebook here before I go to my next question mm-hmm. and allow uh, some Luapula people here who have called in to ask you whatever questions they may have. Mm, All this right. is what somebody... <laughs> This is what somebody. I like picking sites with people from Luapula. I, yeah. Um, Honorable Dr. Given Mwelwa is a seasoned, fears God, she loves her country, a woman who is passionate about improving the living standards in our generation. That's what somebody is writing on Facebook. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I thought humbling, I should read that because most of the, you know, generally most of the, the impression about you, our legislators in our country, is not positive, it is negative. Uh, let's let, let, let zero in on, uh, edu- on education. Um, I, I, I'm grateful to Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, Matthew, everybody is the one who introduced me to Honorable Moelwa here. Uh, Matthew sent me a video about an incident when you visited the constituency, and this gentleman, who, who, who you, you know, the video I'm talking about, Honorable Moelwa, where the man is talking about the needs in the school or in that area. Let's talk about the education infrastructure okay. in your constituency. Yeah, what, what is going on there? I mean, <laughs> when I when I saw that um, that video, I, I couldn't believe this was Zambia in 2019. I, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Well, um, you, you, now you understand my pain and the reason why yeah. I decided to take the route of being in politics because if I were to if I were to um, even to lobby on behalf of such uh, schools, no one would mm-hmm. believe me. Um, I would say something. Um, even now when I'm talking to you, it's like um, I feel like crying whenever I think of Chiengi because I couldn't believe it myself. Imagine I'd lived in South Africa 20 years, more than 20 years. Then I come in my own country. I see some people are living like that. It really made me sad. There are worse places than what you saw. There's a place where we have people taking black water, black in color water, dirty water, and they have no choice. You know, they have no choice. And you, you, 
you stand you you are so hopeless there's nothing you can do you can't do anything for them and you are thinking you mean there was no one who could have identified this problem before i came in that school you saw is not the only school there are about three that um that have been wanting to work on as an area member of parliament. Um, mm-hmm. That video you saw, it has more than 300 pupils uh, between mm-hmm. um, the age of um, uh, 6 and uh, 12, and it goes only up to grade 3. And if you look at that video, see big girls and big boys who are in grade 3, others in grade 2, because their parents cannot even afford 20 quatches. Um, that school you saw there, the head teacher was a head, he was a teacher by profession. He is a uh-huh. teacher by profession who retired from town, from the urban. When he retired, he went to the village to visit. When he saw the need of uh, education, he started uh-huh. that school. Yeah, he started that school and um, he's done a lot. He uses also his money to buy books, to do this. But the sad part is that that school does not have a well or a borehole. So the children, each child is forced to come with a bucket of water from wherever they're coming from. And those kids walk, some of them, 15 kilometers to get to that school. Just stop right there. Just stop right there. Like you said, Yes, I'm listening, Mr. Nkama. I'm listening, yes. Okay. That's the reason I'm speaking to Honorable Mwerwa today. It's not because whatever. But Roger, when I saw that video, Dr. Patrick, my heart broke bare. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. So I told Matthew, I said, no, 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 no. We need to talk to, we need to, we, we, we need to talk to, we we need to talk to, to, to we need to talk to this lady. Children have to take buckets of water with them to school. It's not it's not an exaggeration. I, I want that to sink in. I mean, Doctor Monsange, you are listening to what the owner boy saying? Uh yes, yes. Uh very sad. You can't go. So how are you going to focus on listening to the teacher when you are carrying a bucket of water with you to go to school? Rakaro, help me out understand this. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't think this into my head. You are not going Nathan. to pay attention to what it is. Mm. No, you are not. Sorry, you asked Caro and I'm the one responding. I'm sorry. This is what you That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Mm-hmm. I truly appreciate um, our guests here today because this highlights a lot of things that we forget or take for granted. Something that both you, Nathan, and Roger say, where people think Lusaka is Zambia and Zambia is Lusaka, and yet we constantly mm-hmm. on our programs on Zambia Block Talk Radio, we highlight districts and other places outside these areas. But listening mm-hmm. uh, to our guests today and just seeing that this slide is so real and we continue mm-hmm. not to be here on ZBCR, but 
we people in general continue to argue over things that really don't matter so much, but where we can make a difference, you know, we can actually make a difference. Each one of us here can make a difference. Yes, we can. Okay, Honorable Moira, what I'm going to say, what should the diaspora do? You are a diaspora and you can address us. You are one of us. What should we do to alleviate and help that change that situation? Um, thank you so much. Um, what, should, what you can do, um, my advice would be help us to give water to these kids and to give them better education. Oh. Uh, soon it will be rain season. I think you saw the... Uh, roof, uh, the, the roof that is there is thatched roof and anytime when in that side where we are we are in a Congo basin so the the rain is so terrible so anything can happen to those kids help them to uh, to have a better future so that then one day they'll also be made diaspora and they'll come back to support like I've come back to give them support and with your help if you can help us, because I know in the diaspora, there are so many chances. Uh, there are so wow. many chances out there. And like here, maybe um, even in terms of, um, uh, say, teaching aid, it's very easy. And like here where we are, um, the cake is too small. Uh, but those kids, they're only asking, imagine for a well, what we call in Bemba, Ichishima. And that mm-hmm. the, the head teacher told me it costs about one thousand kwacha. They, you know, for them just to have each shima instead of the kids coming with buckets of water from their home, because um, these kids, I believe so much, it's not a slogan. They are the the area members of parliament t- tomorrow. They are the oh. the comers of tomorrow or mentally uh, tomorrow. So. Um, they really need help, your help. They really need your support. The head teacher called me, and I just told him that I'm still working on it because I needed to hear the help that I can get from uh, those who are in diaspora. How can we help such a school? Did you say um, $1,000 or $1,000? <laughs> it's 1000 kwacha that they asked for. I'm just giving you an example. That's yes, the one yes, thousand. The, the told me it costs about a thousand kwacha to them. That's impossibility. And like this wow. kind of uh, one, the one thousand kwacha we are talking about is just to be just uh, a world that they would, it would, uh, which would be uh, would be done. You know, would be sunk using uh, holes and picks and this. Okay. It's not like you're using a driller. A hand driller, but if we were to find maybe a hand driller to to help them, you know, sink a proper borehole, that would be better. Mm. Because yeah, I think we well, I think we can step up and do an actual borehole. What we shall do here is uh, we'll liaise with you, Naba Matthew, and others, and uh, all the Wapula residents who have called in here. Uh, we can step up and do. Get some figures on what an actual professionally done borehole can do. Uh, 300 kids, aged between 6 and 12, uh, they are in, in grade what? <laughs> grade 3. Bella, honestly. Think about that. 
Tonic. Mm, mm, <laughs> no, come mm. on. Mm. That's not that's not acceptable. Let, let's find out how much a professional borehole will cost, and we can do something. That that's the least we can do. This has got nothing to do with UPND, PF, MMD, whatever you are. This is about having a human face uh, towards this. Yes. Walking 12, kil- yeah. 12 kilometers pattern. Mm, mm. They do. They do. If I were to make like a documentary about Chiengi, uh-huh. what you saw that you would think like, are you sure this is part of Zambia? You know, a lot you of see, people what say, that what you are saying was exactly me. my reaction. Honorable Moeva, that that was exactly my reaction. I'm like, no, Zambia, no, 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 no. Matthew told me that in Zambia. Matthew told me that because even some members of parliament thought since we're on the border of DRC, maybe I went in, in Puerto. I said, no, this is Zambia. This is my constituent. What will I go and what will I be doing there? Because those kids actually, even an an exercise book, which costs, I think, two kwacha, one kwacha, they can't afford. Wow. Because their parents, if they grow uh, their crops, they don't have much of the market where to take that. Um, the trucks uh, to reach to where they, uh, they collect, uh, maybe a point of collection for these crops uh, is uh-huh. difficult. So it's really, but I, it's my prayer that uh, as that been promised that by 2020 or 2021 the road will be there. Then that can bring out a huge change. Mm, 2021 because of the election, yes. Yeah. Nathan, go ahead, Dr. Pat. Yes, let me let me just make a suggestion. Um, I heard road, I heard the borehole, and mm-hmm. I heard a building for education or school building with a field, and then yeah. uh, possibly at the same. A site where the building is built um, have a market site where people can come and bring and sell sell their produce. What I would like the honorable sister to do is to sit down with you, Nathan, or with Roger, or with both, or with some of our brothers and sisters, and put together a a a a business plan, a small business plan as to. What's needed? How much is going to be? Where it's going to be constructed? All that information, and then closed mm-hmm. out, and then we can take it from there. Okay, we shall we shall do that. Mm-hmm. We shall also include we shall include Matthew in this project, and everybody yes, else and I, who and, wants and to. Participate. If we can do it, if we can do it before the the conference, and I think we can. If we can do it before the conference then we possibly can provide grant money to have this done, to have it done. Yes, sir. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, Seba, did you want to comment before we wind up here? Yes, I just wanted to ask uh, uh, the Honorable uh, Muelwa. Uh, she had mentioned about the road infrastructure is real bad, and I just wanted to know if they have electricity and uh, if they use uh, Ichombo. 
uh, Ichombo is, uh, you know, the big boy that's uh, tra- uh, uh, run around Lake Imweru. Lived in Kashobwe for quite some years, so I just wanted to uh, find out. Um, actually, the Ichombo used to be there long before. And, uh, mm. you know, a Zampos uh, is going down. Uh-huh. I don't even know what happened to it. And I hear um, there's a time when we had that disaster early this year where people were using small boats and they drowned. All because uh, somebody has not done a right job of uh, procuring another uh, Ichombo. And uh, electricity, we do have electricity. I must say thank you to the former uh, MP, uh, Dr. Katele Kalumba. He worked hard on that. We have electricity. But uh, the problem that we are having now is to get the transformers to connect like schools. Because Zesco would ask us to pay something like 60,000 kwacha for us to be connected to to certain schools. But uh, Uh electricity is there. Yeah, we have uh, the pylons, we have them there. But um, uh, the road... um, yeah, Ichombo is not there. Maybe if we can have Ichombo for the time being, people enjoy. That will be from Kashkishi up to Puta. You know, because, okay. um, it will be easier while they're waiting for the road. Yeah. yeah. It's more well, before we conclude, uh, Honorable, let me stop you. We've run out of time. Roger, very quickly before we wind up, uh, our MP, we're going to pick up this. Uh, project and we'll work on it. Roger, quickly before we end our conclusion, our con- discussion so here. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, Nathan, and thank you, uh, MP, for coming. Uh, one of the things I think we are pushing on uh, radio is the, the diaspora engagement. And uh, some of the countries we have examined, what they are doing, Honorable, uh, your, your own office should probably look into creating a small corner uh, where you say, for instance, we are going to find a piece of land, and we are going to welcome all members of the diaspora. This is your project here. Put on anything you 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 want. Uh, in other words, mm-hmm. uh, it's just human. We want recognition. Uh, sorry to say, but yes. if you uh, no, no, just just went uh, out of your way, creating something like that uh, for engagement, for discussions, for anything. Uh, I, I think we might see a lot of engagement into some of these forgotten areas. True, mm-hmm. sure. I agree with that. That's all okay. possible. We've got a lot of land there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should do that. All right, Bo MP, we thank you for taking the time. We shall be engaging you in this, and like Dr. Patrick has advised, we shall do this and take up this project. Uh, everybody, let's mm-hmm. go back in into open forum. Uh, Dr. Mwerwa, everybody, let me just let you know that she is also an ordained minister. Uh, it's good to have a pastor who is active and making a change in our community. Okay, everybody, let's go back in. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 